Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hello, and thank you for joining me. This is Dr. Fred, another episode of Study, Grow, Know, and as always, we've got a number of links uh, for you in the transcript for your research. But today's topic is basically called Know and Understand. The book of Jeremiah really is amazing in so many ways. I don't know how many times I've read through it, but I've read through it at least once per year in my daily Bible reading. Two sections of Jeremiah recently jumped out at me, and I wanted to go over in this particular episode, Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24, and Jeremiah 17, 5 through 9. Both sections have some similar thoughts, and it's worth noting that God does this, I think, to emphasize his thoughts for us. So Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24 says this, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glories in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. And then the second one, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, in the above sections, there are a number of things that are similar to in thought, Though stated in different ways, God does this often. In the Jeremiah 9 section, God warns that people should not put faith in or boast in their own wisdom, their might, or their riches that they may have accumulated. The reason for this is due to the fact that people are not self-made. A person who becomes wise may do so because they apply themselves to learning, but in reality, if not for God giving them some semblance of wisdom to begin with, they wouldn't gain wisdom at all. The same applies to might or to riches. These things are all transitory in life. There are no guarantees in this life that any wisdom, might, or riches we have will remain with us or even grow throughout our life. Instead, please notice that Jeremiah says there's a very important detail that God shows us that is far more important than wisdom, might, or riches. And in essence, if we're going to boast or glory in something, then God says we should boast in the fact that we can understand and know him. We need to stop and consider the ramifications of that statement. But what does it mean, first of all, to understand and to know God? Well, God takes the time to explain it, so there's no reason to guess that I am the Lord, 
exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight. So if we're truly understanding and at least beginning to know the Lord, we will recognize his attributes, that he exercises loving kindness over his creation, but he also sends judgment when necessary. And ultimately, this will lead to his righteousness in all the earth. But this is imperfect now from our perspective, only because we still harbor our sin nature and create all kinds of problems on this earth. But there will come a time when all the earth and everyone here will be of one mind in honoring and understanding God's attributes. God loves us and also disciplines, chastises, and will send judgment on unrepentant people for their own good and as a last resort. Now, another aspect of understanding and knowing God involves wanting to be like him in character so that we desire to live the way he wants us to live. So we can't say on one hand that we understand and know God while we live in a way that denies his lordship and authority over our lives. So it naturally follows that to understand and know God means we will begin to appreciate his ways and act in accordance with his character. Now this creates increasing spiritual maturity and will bring glory to him by the way we live And by the way, understanding and knowing God is not a once-for-all thing. We don't arrive to a place in this life where we fully understand and know God. That's impossible. It'll never happen. In fact, we will spend eternity seeking to understand and know God in far greater detail than we ever will in this life. It's an ongoing process, but of course, it will be a bit easier to accomplish in the next life when our sin nature has been excised from us and we are given new glorified bodies. However, we can prove to the world and to God that we have begun to understand and know God as we follow the footsteps of his son who provided the perfect model for living. This is extremely important. And once again, I will state this without equivocation that if you're not reading and studying his word every day, You are doing yourself no favors and actually making it impossible to begin to understand and know God. You may think God speaks to you throughout your day, a word here or a word there or an impression there, but if it's not his written word, then he's not speaking to you. It's that simple. God gave us his word to rely on, to read, to study, to memorize so that it is hidden in our heart and from there God can and will use it to motivate us unto good works and to direct our steps. Now, as part of his message on a recent Sunday, our pastor stated without equivocation that if he ever stood up and said, quote, God gave me a word for you, unquote, that we should run to another church. It was actually good to hear that. And I would agree with him. It's one thing to preach the word, right? It's another thing to make statements beginning with the Lord spoke to me and said, I know some find this difficult to believe, but there are no anointed prophets today, anointed by God, that is. Yet too many people think there are, and the new apostolic reformation, or NAR, is filled with those people. Those who boast in beginning to understand and know God will see a natural outworking of God's character in their lives and greater discernment because of it. God says he delights in what? Quote, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness 
in the earth, unquote. He takes great pleasure in these things because of their outcome. Well, as Christians, we should also delight in those same things. If we do not, then we have a problem. Maybe our heart is not truly connected to God's heart through his word. We need to look closely at our own heart. Are we his? Or do we just think we're his? Because we may have been raised in an atmosphere where we went to church, we sang hymns, we heard preaching, there were Bibles in our home. Well, without being born again, none of that means anything eternally. So notice that Jeremiah 17, notice that section above. While Jeremiah 9 notes that people should not boast in their own traits and abilities, Jeremiah 17 actually says that a person who trusts in another person is cursed. That person, he's talking about human flesh here, that person who trusts in another person or makes flesh his strength has departed from a pure dependence upon God and their faith in a human being is ultimately a form of idolatry. So note what the prophet says happens to that particular person. In spite of any and all outward appearances that might impress others, that person is no better than a shrub in the desert. They will be blind to the actual good that might come their way, unable to see it. They may think they're fine, but in reality, they're not fine. They're parched spiritually. There are multitudes of people like that in this world and within Christendom. They boast in their abilities, their wealth, their jobs, their family, and other things, but can't see that they really have nothing substantive or permanent. And as I said, many of these folks claim to be Christians. No matter how rich, talented, or intelligent a person is, they cannot stop death, the great equalizer. Yet we have globalist billionaires today who desire to physically live forever here on this earth. They actually believe that combining artificial intelligence or AI with transhumanism will make this happen for them. They seriously plan to avoid physical death. But God says that cannot be done. There is once appointed to man, every man to die, and then the judgment. Well, in our area of the world, in this particular neighborhood, uh, in the past month, a sheriff deputy was driving his patrol car when a huge part of a limb above the tree, above him from a tree, just simply fell on his car, killing him. In another case, a few days later, a gardener was mowing the lawn of a church and a tree limb fell onto him. Though he didn't die, he certainly was injured. The trees around here are so very old and many of them constantly shed their branches. Before I mow, I often have to pick up many branches that I'll, I'll turn into mulch for the garden later. Some limbs are so large that they literally impaled themselves in the lawn standing upright. And I'm surprised nothing is falling on me yet. Thank goodness. Aside from this, there are many ways to die, though, not just by falling limbs or even natural causes. Globalists have every intention of physically extending their life into perpetuity. They want to and believe that they don't have to die. They believe Satan's lies to them. It's so absurd as if God would allow that to happen. It's, he's not going to allow that to happen. He didn't allow it for Adam and Eve. He's not going to allow it to happen to the fallen people of our world today. But their hubris is real. And they will be pulled up short when they realize that no amount of money, power, or science can give them 
the eternal life physically that they're looking for. Satan is playing a very cruel joke on them and laughing all the while. Starting with Jeremiah 17, 7, God tells us that the person who is truly blessed is the one who does what? Trusts the Lord. How often do we read similar words as a command in scripture? Hundreds, if not thousands of times. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 7. Trusting God for daily living once we receive salvation takes time to develop, but we can and should start immediately. Our hope in God will also be firmly established. The person who trusts in the Lord will be the opposite of the shrub in the desert. He or she will be a tree planted by living waters who will not fear when the heat comes, nor will they be anxious during times of drought. In fact, they will continue producing fruit in spite of the drought. Verse 8. They will also come to a point of being able to begin to understand and know God. All of this is a process that isn't developed overnight, but it is an integral part of our ongoing sanctification. We must not give up. We must persevere, and we will be richly rewarded by God as our understanding and knowledge of Him grows. Now, in this daunting day and age, it's easy to become concerned, discouraged, defeated, but we do so because we fail to know His promises and how we can live by them. We went to church with our daughter and her family as they visited a new church they were checking out in their area. And I'm going to close this episode, and you can look for it in the, in the transcript, with a link to the sermon from the pastor who is expositional and also one who places value on eschatology. So if you want to hear that sermon, it's very uplifting, very encouraging. I would encourage you to do that by clicking on the link in the transcript. And thanks so much for joining me today. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 